Good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. And what a beautiful morning it is. I couldn't understand it. About seven, a little after seven, when I got here to the church, the wind was blowing and it was hot. So what is this? But it's not lovely. So uh, we're glad you're here with us to share the day. At this time, we're going to invite our sunshine singers to lead us in our call to worship. Each of them are carrying a flag that's coming from uh, some of their understanding of where they come from in the world. And that's a kind of exciting thing. And then we asked uh, each of them to maybe wear something that had to do with their um, place of uh, ad initial origin. And I can see that today most of them came from the country of Texas. <laughs>
Thank you, Sunshine Singers. I may invite you to stand now and let's see if you can sing that good as we join together in our black hymnal, 2169, in the faith we sing, Oh, How Can We Forgive?
time, I'd like to invite you as we join in our prayer hymn that we sing hymn 389, Freely, Freely.
Merciful God, we give you thanks that we might give to you these our prayers, that we might turn to you in silence, that we might come together and worship as community, as family and friends, to know that your spirit is in this place. As we lift up our prayers to you, may we always remember that we turn to you in prayer because of the prayer that your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior, taught. And through that prayer, we too lift up a prayer that has been offered throughout the ages. And we lift our voice in unison with those as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For your is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever.
God, we give you thanks and praise for these our gifts, tithes, and offerings. We present them before the foot of the throne of your grace and ask that you will bless and multiply these, that through them we might be faithful to the ministry of your church. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. Amen. Scripture from St. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. <coughs> then Peter came to him and said, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, Not seven, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him 10,000 talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold, together with his wife and children and all his possessions, and payment to be made. 
So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. <coughs> then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused. Then he went out and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. When his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is God's word to God's people. Thanks be unto God. May we pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks in the reading of the word. And in this word now by your Holy Spirit, we ask that we might hear it. Not just words given and spoken, not just words written upon page and ink, but now living words that finds its way into our hearts. And as good seed that finds its way to the good soil, digs deep roots and brings forth harvest, may now this, the seed of the word of God, dig deeply into the soil of our souls and bring to us a harvest unto everlasting life through Jesus Christ, who is the living word of God, and in whose name we pray. Amen. You all know who Lucy is? <laughs> you all know who Charlie Brown is? <laughs> well, Lucy is chasing Charlie Brown around the house. And she is yelling, I'm going to get you, Charlie Brown. I'm going to get you. When all of a sudden, Charlie Brown comes to a screeching halt, lifts both his hands and says, Lucy, Lucy, if we as children cannot learn how to forgive one another, how can our parents learn to forgive one another? And in turn, how can the world, and in that moment, Lucy punches Charlie Brown out. <laughs> and in that moment, she looks to us who are reading the strip. I had to do it. He was beginning to make sense. <laughs> I hope this morning that our message today will make sense. For the Sunday, I'm going to speak on how to forgive others, and next week to continue that on how to forgive ourselves. Now, I want to preface this sermon by saying this morning that not one single person here today is perfect. However, if I have misjudged you, <coughs> I'm willing for you to raise your hand now and let me know that you are the perfect one amongst us. Dang, we're all in the same boat. <laughs> now, as we speak of forgiveness, there are several what I call mistaken ideas about forgiveness. The first mistaken idea is that time heals all wounds. Now, we hear that all the time, don't we? Time heals all wounds, and eventually we will get over whatever we felt wrong about if we just have enough time. 
What I want you to understand this morning is that time heals nothing. A right decision can get you on the road again, but time in of itself doesn't heal anything. When we feel wronged and we don't take a positive step toward dealing with our feelings, the longer that it festers, the deeper that hurt becomes until it can literally consume us. And in fact, the more time that goes by, the worse it can get. It's the kind of thing that the Hatfields and the McCoys did in the Appalachians when after 100 years they didn't even remember what they were fighting about, but they kept on killing each other. You see, what someone did to them years ago, time didn't just solve by itself. The only process that time can be positive is, is when we forgive someone or something, and through that choice, in the time we have, begin to progress in our lives. The second mistake about forgiveness is that we must deny the hurt that we feel so that we can forgive another person. In other words, to really be Christians, we must act as if nothing had really happened. Now, if that's really true, that's a different matter, but I don't see that in the way we live our lives. And if we try to do that when it doesn't really exist, the anger grows. And many people think that unless they deny what they're going through, they have not forgiven another person. And that's not true. In fact, denial of hurt, either minimizing or maximizing it, does not help us to grow in forgiveness. What helps us is when we accept the feelings and instead of repressing them so they pop out somewhere else, we honestly face them for that is the road to recovery. The third mistaken idea about forgiveness is that to forgive is to forget. You hear that all the time, don't you? Forgive and forget. I want to let you know this morning, God forgives and forgets. We don't. We are like elephants. When someone does something about it, we never forget. But that doesn't mean you can't forgive. The fourth mistaken idea about forgiveness is that forgiveness to be complete, the other person has to accept our forgiveness. Now that would be nice, wouldn't it? But it doesn't always happen. Forgiveness and forgiving rather depends on the person who exercises it or the person who receives it. You see, you cannot determine how someone else is going to react to you. So if you forgive and the other person tells you to go, you know where. And if you know where, I'm glad you're in church today. If you forgive them and they do not accept your forgiveness, if the forgiveness is sincerely in your heart, then you have done all that you can do to affect that forgiveness. To be forgiven for themselves, they have to receive it. But if you have truly forgiven, you know what it means that you have. Now that's simple enough. But there are many what I call roadblocks to forgiveness. And the first roadblock is grudges. I can guarantee you that if you hold a grudge, you will not be able to forgive or understand what being forgiven is all about. It's like the story that the great evangelist D.L. Moody said at the beginning of the last century about a story of two men who had a grudge almost their entire life from the time they were kids to the time that they were older and adults and the one man is now dying on his deathbed. And he asked that the man be brought to him. He had these grudge for some 70 years. And he says to the man, I want to... Take this grudge that we've had all these years. I want to get it off my chest so that the time I die, we can have good conscience towards one another. However, if I should live, the grudge is still on. <laughs> Second roadblock is self-pity. 
People have a tendency to fall into self-pity, have a hard time forgiving others because, you see, we're so ingrained in looking just at ourselves. It's like the story of the person I heard about who was so filled with self-pity, they said, if I could drop dead right now, I would be the happiest person in life. And some of the people I've known, I will second the motion. <laughs> know what I mean? Third roadblock is anger. Let me tell you, folks, this will do it every time. Because of the deep inward anger inside of us, we are unwilling to let go and to forgive. And I'd have you remember a simple linguistic concept. Anger lacks one letter to spell danger. And if you put a D on the front of it, I can tell you that it is danger all the way through. You show me a person who is angry all the time, and I will show you, by and large, a dangerous person emotionally and psychologically. A person who is angry all the time is a person who is going to explode in a dangerous situation, either internally or like some of the people that go off with a gun and they go into the place where they formerly worked or they go into a movie theater or they go into a school. And because of all of this anger that built up and built up and built up and never had a release for it, explode in anger that is dangerous to everyone around them. Now, I am not saying that it is easy to forgive. But I want to let you know there's a price that we pay if we don't. And it builds up and it builds up and it builds up until we explode emotionally and it will spiritually kill us. The fourth roadblock I see is fear. I have people who say, but if I ask for forgiveness and the person doesn't, Forgive me, or they use it as a way when I'm open to them to come in, they're going to trample all over me. And that's a risk. You see, to forgive makes you vulnerable. It makes you transparent. It makes you, in your life, open to someone who can come into that vulnerability and that you might find your life, because you have been open, that you'll be uh, beaten down for it. And I understand that. But I understand something else. And that is in my life, I have found that not everyone in my life is going to accept my forgiveness. And I have to live with that. I have also found in life, it was a big shock to find out that not everyone was going to like me in life. Can you imagine that, that no one likes me? <laughs> my goodness gracious. I have found that there are people, no matter what I do, still don't like me. I can't do anything about it. I just have to accept it. I'm going to have to just do my best, and on the end of my life, I'm going to say I gave it the best shot I could, even if I couldn't get everyone to love me the way I wanted them to. The fifth roadblock is pride. Now, pride is a roadblock. Mark Twain once said, pride is what gets you into trouble, and pride is what keeps you there. Isn't that true? How many of you have ever gotten into trouble because of your temper, but you couldn't get out because of your pride? We've all been there. We've hurt someone we love, but because we're prideful, we can't just say two words, I'm sorry. Now, we're in church this morning, so we can be truthful. Husbands, how many times have you been driving around and you're lost? <laughs> we're in church, the truth. Your spouse knows you're lost. You know you're lost. God knows you're lost. <laughs> the neighbors that you have gone around their house three or four times knows you're lost. And your wife asks, are we lost? 
No, of course not. I was just taking the scenic route to get to where we're going. <laughs> we will do anything to admit we aren't lost. Why? Because of pride. And forgiveness is the same. We can get lost in our pride and never find the way back to forgiving others. Now, it would be silly for me to say that you could take all of these things of forgiveness and go right out here today and for forgive someone. I'm still working on some things. But we're going to have to do it sometime. And I can tell you something. The sooner we do it, the better off we will be because of it. So those are the roadblocks. Let me share the redemption. And this is the road back to forgiveness. First, I want you to realize today what God has done for you. In fact, if we truly understood the depth of God's grace and forgiveness to us, we would find it immeasurably easier to forgive other people. Let me remind you of what God has done for us. God has forgiven us when we couldn't forgive ourselves. God has erased a debt so large in our lives we could never repay it. God has done all the forgiving and all the loving and all he said we had to do was to open our heart and to receive it. We didn't deserve any of it. God gave it through his forgiveness and by his grace. But isn't it interesting that we humans who have been so graciously forgiven by God have such a hard time being able to forgive one another. And this is exactly the lesson from our scripture today, this morning. You see, all of us, all of us do not truly understand the full depth of the understanding of God's grace and love to us. The second thing we need to do to get back on the road to forgiveness is to realize that forgiveness is a choice, not an emotion. Have I said that before? I hear people who say to me, I just can't bring myself to ask for forgiveness or to accept the forgiveness that I am brought. I want you to understand that if you live your life by feelings, you'll never do what is right because it may take you your entire life to feel like doing what God has already asked you to do. And it's right out of our scripture today. God asks us to forgive. He doesn't say feel like forgiving. He says, I want you to do it because it's right. Now, feelings are a part of every one of our lives, but never do what is right. Never wait to do what is right until you've done what God has told you is right. The third thing we need to do to get back on the road to forgiveness is to understand the consequences of not forgiving. What we have to understand is what happens to us when we're unforgiving. Forgiveness is both horizontal and it's vertical, and it happens at the cross. It's a relationship with, with God, and it's a relationship with one another. And where the two come to the center and intersect is the bridge of forgiveness. It's the bridge of forgiveness that God came to us. It's the bridge of forgiveness that God brings to us in that horizontal plane. And in that place where it meets is the place where in God's forgiveness we're able to forgive one another. It has been said that he who cannot forgive breaks the bridge over which he himself must pass. The fourth thing we need to do to get back on the road to forgiveness is to realize that we need to forgive now. I want to share a story with you. The story happened maybe 35, 40 years ago in my church in Pasadena. 
I had a call from the local mortuary and they asked me if I would officiate a service for a lady in her 90s. Her husband still survived. She had family. I was told that had just one child. And I, when I talked to the husband, I uh, shared different things and about his wife's life. And I said, when we got to the service, I'd like to meet his child. When he came in, there was a woman that was helping him by the arm. And he said to me, I want to introduce you my daughter. As I begin a service, as I usually do, I begin to share the survivors, the spouse, the children, the grandchildren, the siblings. And when I said that she was survived by her one daughter, I had a man right here grab his chest. He was having a heart attack. Never had that happen in a service before. Four of us got down, picked him up, brought him back out the back door of the church into the sunshine into the fresh air. I opened his collar, undid his tie, took off his coat. Paramedics were called. His son looks up to me and says, I want you to know this is my father. My father was the only child of my grandmother. Three weeks later, the son came to my office and knocked on the door. He said, I want to apologize for what happened that day you could not have known. In 1953, 25 years before, I came to my father's house when I was a teenager. My father asked me to mow the lawn, and I said no, and he said, get out of my house forever. He said, I had not seen my father for 25 years until I came to the service. And he told you he didn't have a son, but only had a daughter. And it so overcame me, my heart couldn't take it. Now, I wish I could tell you this had a happy ending. It didn't. He never saw his father until his father's funeral. I'm pleading with you today, don't leave regrets. I'm telling you today, if you need to forgive, you need to forgive. I'm telling you today that if there's something in your life where you need to make right with another person, I'm asking you to make it right. You'll never know when it's too late and you can't do it. And you'll live the rest of your life wishing that you had. I'm asking you today, I don't know if you can do it today, but I'm asking you in this next week to take a moment, and if there's a place that you need reconciliation, I want you to remember how much God loves you and how much you've been forgiven by God. And if God has forgiven us so greatly, I want to ask you to forgive someone that needs to be forgiven or to open yourself to be forgiven by them. I want to encourage you today that you can find that forgiveness. Michael Josephson, a local writer in our papers, and has a blog on ethics. He says this, 
Forgiveness can be both an act of generosity and wisdom. It may release the person forgiven of guilt, but it also releases the forgiver from chains of resentment. Forgiving is not condoning. Forgiving is letting go so you can live. I pray that you will go to God and seek him who always forgives us. It'll make all the difference in the world. I started this by message by saying that none of us is perfect. But I want you to know that God is good and that in Jesus Christ, every one of us may be perfectly forgiven. And in so being forgiven, we can forgive one another. May we pray. Eternal God, we gather together today, not perfect people. Every one of us has our issues. Every one of us has unforgiveness of one type or another in our hearts. We're not perfect people. We never have been. We, we never will be. Oh, God, I hear you calling right now. I, I hear you saying whoever's phone went off is going to double tithe next week. Okay. Thank you, Lord. You heard the word. You heard the word. Oh, gracious God, we ask your blessing to be with us because we realize, oh, God, that we're not perfect, but you love us anyway. We're not perfect, but you forgive us anyway. And I pray, oh, Lord, just now that we might take a moment and in a moment of silence, I just ask you to bring to our heart and memory someone in our life that we need to be in a relationship of forgiveness, whether it's for ourselves or for them. Lord, I just want to ask you by your Holy Spirit to let us see a place in our life that we have to work on. If we'll understand the depth of forgiveness that you have given us, a, a forgiveness so great we can never repay it, but only accept it. Oh God, we open our hearts now to be vulnerable, but to ask, oh God, help us to come to forgiveness. May we pray. Oh, Lord, perhaps each one of us had a face there, a situation there. But we know, oh God, we have to handle it because our anger is turning to danger. Because our resentments are stepping in the way of living life fully. Help us, oh God, to have the strength to do what is right. And in that, to walk in forgiveness all the days of our lives. And this we pray in his name, who loved us so much, that he walked upon the earth to teach us that love, but that he gave his life for us to show us the depth of that love, but by whose power in you was raised from the dead, that we might continually walk in the power of his love, even Jesus Christ, our Lord.
Amen. May I invite you to stand as we join now in our hymn of dedication, a renewal that asks us, each one, that we might continue to say, O oh Lord, here I am. May I walk in newness of life.
you hold one another's hands, may we receive our choral benediction. Amen. Amen. Amen.